This is the 90s and 2000s. Please stay on the line if you wish to hear the flip phone podcast and learn everything about this epic era. Hello, how's everyone doing? We hope you've had a great week so far. Hey, this is Farnaz and Gabby, hosts of the Flip Phone Podcast, a podcast about all things 90s and 2000s. Last week, Gabby and I went over some of the toys in the 2000s that essentially made up most of my childhood, but left Gabby feeling, uh, well, you know, super old hearing about them (laughs) since she's more of an early 90s kid. So this episode is dedicated to the top toys from the 90s, which includes more of Gabby's favorites. Yes, finally. I'm excited to revisit these toys. (laughs) Honestly, I'm surprised I remember these 90s toys, even though I'm like a late 90s baby. Maybe it's because you had older siblings who influenced your toy choices. I think so. And I also think like a lot of toys just managed to maintain their popularity into the, into the 2000s like a lot of toys we're talking about today that gained popularity or became a fad were basically from earlier decades even as far back as the 60s which is crazy yeah for sure and they're still like you can still buy them today too mm-hmm. and last week how we were talking about the easy bake oven like that toy was first released in 1963 so toy makers really did know what they were doing back then The Toy Association, which hosts the Toy of the Year Award, doesn't have a list available on their site for award winners before the 2000s. So the toys we're talking about today is not ranked in any way, but it's just kind of general trends we notice as kids, probably because the commercials stuck out to to us the most and continue to appear on TV as we enter the 2000s and got a bit older and caught on to these trends. Okay, so let's start off by talking about the toys that came out the year that we were born and go from there. Sure. So you were born in 1994. So one of the major toy things released that year was the Sony PlayStation, which is a pretty nice milestone for you, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did you you ever own one or play on the original PlayStation? I did not. I was enrolled in too many extracurricular activities to be home long enough to actually make use of a PlayStation. So my parents never bought uh, one. Even your siblings, they never wanted to buy one or anything? No, like me and my sister were very like, we were always out of the house. So we never really liked video games enough to to make use of any like playstations yeah i didn't really play on the first sony playstation but i did play with the playstation 2 when it came out in 2000 i learned at the pure age of four or five how to play grand theft auto and tony hawk among (laughs) many other inappropriate for my age games i think i turned out all right not very violent or aggressive whatsoever so that theory out there that video games do anything wrong it doesn't make sense to me you are literally like the nicest, most calm person I know. So you're like a Thank you. example <laughs> of how video games do not influence kids. I do find it hilarious though that you were playing Grand Theft Auto at the age of four. <laughs> Just like a thug, man. <laughs> GTA life. <laughs> but what about you? What uh, major toy was released in 1997? This makes me so proud to say that the Tamagotchi was released in North America in 1997. (laughs) I have a love-hate thing with my Tamagotchi, like I said last time. The pets are just so needy. You know, before we were glued to our smartphones, we had Tamagotchis. You know, you needed to make sure they were okay by feeding them, cleaning their poop before they died and turned into an angel with wings. I remember when they eventually banned them in schools because a lot of kids had their Tamagotchi stolen and not to mention they were very distracting. Mm -hmm. 
But, you know, I would take this sort of distraction over, you know, carrying a pet over endless hours spent scrolling on your phone that kids have to go through today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as annoying as Tamagotchis seem, in a way, kind of taught kids a bit of responsibility. What do you think? Yeah, they definitely taught some responsibility to take care of your pets. But also, why were these pets so delicate? I feel like if you ignored your Tamagotchi for, like, a half an hour, the screen would just fill with poop <laughs> and it would die and you would just have to start all over with like a new egg yeah that's so true and like i don't understand why it dies when you when you don't clean up the poop i think it dies that way too they were so delicate like if you literally ignored it for like 10 minutes it would just like croak and you're like what the hell like it's constantly beeping all the time it's so annoying Uh or like i do this all all the time but did you ever reset your tamagotchi on purpose because you didn't get like the gender you wanted Uh, honestly i didn't even know they had genders in the first place I only reset it when they died, you know, RIP little Tama. <laughs> but do you like do you do you remember the knockoff version of Tamagotchi, the Gigapets? I do remember. I never had one though, and I don't think I knew anyone that had one. It was a few bucks cheaper, but obviously everyone was into Tamagotchi because it was cooler. You could play with your friends on that. Yeah, and when you could connect with your friends and both of them both like the animals could play together and like give each other gifts, you know, good times, good times. But, you know, while we little ones were playing on Tamagotchis, the older and cooler kids were busy playing with advanced techie stuff like the Game Boy, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64. Man, looking at the photos of these games that I just, like, compiled here, this just reminds me of the sad story about my Game Boy Color. Oh, no, what happened to your Game Boy? (laughs) Okay, this is so sad, but it was my turn at school for show and tell. So I was super excited, and I brought my Game Boy Color to school. Oh, I mean my brother's Game Boy Color to school, which is so much worse. Uh Um, Being the ridiculously careless kid that I was, I left it on the top cubby shelf, which was like in the main hallway of my school. Mm -hmm. And I remember my mind thinking, you know, if it's hard for me to reach and no one else, no one else should be able to see it or reach for it. Right. Either. But it was dumb to think that because sometimes older kids would walk down our hallway. Oh, no. It was stolen by the time I had show and tell. And the person had left only the games behind in my cubby, so I showed that to the class instead, trying so hard not to tear up in front of everyone because I was so upset Aww. about the Game Boy being stolen. What was so weird is that after school, I see a kid playing on what looked like my yellow Game Boy. <gasps> yeah, it was bright yellow, so it was like so obvious to see, and I couldn't stop him at that point. Like I was like really young at the time, I'm like, I can't chase over this big kid, right, out of nowhere. Uh-huh. And after that, I like learned my lesson about bringing expensive toys to school. That was it for me. Oh my god. <laughs> god what that rude kid though Ugh. was your brother mad at you for getting it stolen he was upset but like he had another game boy so he could still play games i i think uh. all is forgiven i hope <laughs> but like what's weird is that he didn't steal the games he just took like the console i don't know so weird i think i had weird games it was probably like i don't know like spongebob or something strange. <laughs> he could care less i don't know <laughs> maybe <laughs> I mean, I never had any of these consoles, but my older cousin had a gray Game Boy Color, Mm -hmm. and he had, like, the Pokemon games. I think, like, the gold one. Mm -hmm. And, like, still to this day, I'm confused on how to play that game. I think I was just too young to understand how to play it, but I, I just remember, like going on and walking in circles and then being like okay this is dumb and i would like shut it off and walk away pokemon games were actually kind of hard like they had like a whole storyline to them and you had to listen like you had to read all this dialogue all the time do you remember that like yeah. it keeps popping up like the person keeps talking it's a lot of reading more than playing the game itself which is so weird but yeah but you know what baffles me the most about uh-huh. how like most toy inventors despite all this technology and stuff 
They managed to sell us these random stuff like cardboard. Do you remember Pogs? I do, yes. My sister collected so many of these, <laughs> especially the Goosebumps-themed ones. Like, oh, I wonder where those went. For those of people listening that don't know what they are, basically Pogs are like these round cardboard cutouts with like designs and patterns or characters or themes or whatever on them. And people play with them. They kept them safe in this like plastic tube. It's kind of like the Mighty Beans of the 90s in my opinion, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was kind of useless, but I guess it was more fun to collect them. Do you want to tell the like the, our listeners how they were played with? So basically what I read was that in a group, uh, one person like tosses their to- uh, pogs into the air, mm-hmm. and whichever ones land facing upward with the design on them, you'd keep them. And the person with the most collected wins. I feel like so many kids became heartbroken from gambling with their favorite one and then losing it. That's so true. Imagine all the pogs you lose. <laughs> like somehow all of them like land the other way and you're like, damn, I lost all my pogs. I have to like buy a new collection. Don't gamble kids. It's not it, it, it's never good. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what the lesson is here, right? <laughs> I'm not gonna buy you any more pogs because you gambled them all away. <laughs> but you know but like pogs like board games have kept it simple and you know, away from technology, which I don't mind, which is such a good thing, you know, keep games simple. Mm-hmm, yeah, sometimes the simplest games were the most fun. Board games are just one of those things that you know, it can last forever. Like it extends and it maintains their appeal for years. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because of like the bonding and light competitiveness it provokes in the players and the fact that they're usually created with all people and ages in mind. There are quite a few board games that come to mind when I think of 90s classic, but there's two games that I really always wanted to play, but I never did. And it was Hungry Hungry Hippo and Mousetrap. Okay, Hungry Hungry Hippos was so fun. It would spark so much adrenaline because you just wanted your hippo to win. Hungry Hunger Hippo was actually released in the 70s, and then Mousetrap was released in the 60s, which is so weird. But I remember seeing the commercial like crazy on TV. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, and there were like so many commer- commercials played that overplayed their commercials for these games, like Uno, Yahtzee, Perfection, mm-hmm. Sorry, Boggle, and Operation. That was one game I also really wanted to play. Operation was so hard. You would have to concentrate so hard because those tweezers were big and like the holes in that guy were so small and like one little twitch meant game over. And then you, that stupid buzzer would ring and his nose would light up. And you're like, nah. <laughs> and then there was a few other games as well, like Connect 4 and Clue. Oh, I love Clue. Like, Clue's such a cool mystery game. Like, I'd be down to play that today. And not really a board game, but I loved Twister a lot as a kid. My siblings and I used to play that together. But obviously I'd fail, you know, because of my small kitty arms and legs. Um, but Gabby, if you have any of these in your basement, we need to have a sleepover real quick. Oh, and I'll help you find your cotton candy machine too. I mean, perfect. Like, I mean, that's one toy you won't find in my basement. Unfortunately, I never had a Twister mat. Aww. Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but... There is a Harry Potter clue board game for sale at Indigo, and I want to buy it so bad, being the major Harry Potter nerd that I am, so we can play Harry Potter Clue and look for the cotton candy machine instead. Okay, I'll grab that for us, and I'll bring some sugar crystals too from Bulk Barn. Uh, Perfect. (laughs) Sounds like a plan. Besides boards game, though, the trend for kids always seemed to fall back on dolls and stuffed animals, no matter the era. So let's talk about those, because there are quite a few fads I remember being Mm -hmm. part of, like Beanie Babies. That was a big one. I'm pretty sure everyone had a a Beanie Baby or two. 
Oh yeah, I have a giant bag full of Beanie Babies. I think TY toys for me are like how you said your parents treated your Barbies, you know, kept them in their boxes. But like with TY toys, you couldn't rip off the tag because mm-hmm. they wouldn't be worth a lot as a collector's item. But weirdly enough, though, when I moved into my new house, I just like ended up donating all of them because it was just too much to pack. I'm kind of glad I did because I honestly don't know what I would do with them right now. Oh yeah, I wasn't allowed to rip off the tags either. But I may have some bad news for you. Oh no. <laughs> so I looked up the cost for some of the Beanie Babies and some people are selling them for tens of thousands of dollars now especially the more rare ones so if you guys still have your collection of beanie babies it's possible you could get a good chunk of change for it Uh, i know i heard about these but you know some kid will benefit and inherit from my beanie baby collection out there (laughs) another doll we probably forget is Betty Spaghetti Dolls, by the name, everyone listening is probably thinking, what the heck is that, right? But when I looked at the pictures, I was like, damn, those are the dolls I really wanted over Barbies. They were like super bendy and you could do like weird things to the hair and arms and legs. Yeah, I was the opposite. I never cared for that doll. Sorry, Betty. Aww. <laughs> Why didn't you like it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I was just like, I had Barbies and I had the Beanie Babies and like, eh. You already had such a big collection of stuff already. Yeah. <laughs> Another doll we all probably forgot about is Groovy Dolls. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, I did have a Groovy Girl. Um, f- I think for my birthday or something, somebody gave one to me. I honestly don't remember. And like all I can remember of the, the doll, she had like brown hair and it was in pigtails. These dolls are so cute. Like I'm looking at the pictures. Like they're so plushy and soft and they're like diverse mm-hmm. in how they look. And I think a lot of doll makers fail to recognize and address that. I mean, I know they're just dolls and whatever, but it's nice to see representation when you're a kid, you know, like looking at a doll that looks like you. But, you know, compared to Barbies, though, these dolls were sort of like one-hit wonders, I I dare say. Barbie ended up winning the Toy of the Year Award almost every year for the girls category since its release in 1959. We probably all remember the ultimate Barbie creations, though, right? Like Barbie's Dream House. Okay, don't even get me started with Barbie's Dream House. I'm still <laughs> heartbroken that I never had one of hers or her uh, Jeep. Oh, my God, I forgot about the Jeep. Right? I, did they still sell that? Is that a thing still? I don't know, but like, I wish. I hope. But you know that dream house has nothing on the Barbie house I witnessed in real life. Oh, snap. <laughs> when I went to uh, New York, like a whole decade ago, that was like 10 years ago, I went to the massive Toys R Us. This Toys R Us is like four floors or something. Oh my gosh. I think it's I think it's closed now. But anyway, it was the best thing I did when I visited New York. In the doll section of the store, they have this massive almost life-size Barbie house. I mean, I was smaller, so maybe I'm exaggerating, but it was pretty big. Like, it was really tall. I don't think it was big enough for, like, kids to go up the stairs or anything like that, but it was, like, really tall. You'd probably need a ladder if you ever really wanted to play with this, but I think it was, like, a display thing, but it was really cool to see. Okay, that's literally goals. That same day, though, I remember buying a 90s classic toy fad. Do you remember Floam? Oh, yes. That was fun for a span of, like, an hour. (laughs) I was really desperate for this stuff, and I thought, why not buy from this fancy Toys R Us? Um, it was a disaster, though, because it was hard to clean if it ever, like, dropped on anything, and it dried up so fast, you couldn't play for- with it for too long. Well, they should have uh, figured a way to make sure it didn't dry up as fast as it did, like, you know, I'm just saying. I don't know what happened. Like, I stopped seeing the commercials after, like, I bought it. I'm like, wow, they probably, kids probably found out how failed this <laughs> flow is. <laughs> no one wants to buy it ever again but you know it's such a letdown you're like yes let's play with this because you're like slime and then i know it's so cool like they always you remember how they would like put phloem on like your pencil case it was something like a pencil holder thing and you put on your pencil like they made it seem so cool and then you actually play with it you're like so disappointed yeah exactly but anyway (laughs) speaking of gooey weirdness 
we got to talk about Silly Putty. Yes, we do. That (laughs) stuff was so satisfying. The story behind Silly Putty is actually pretty cool. It was originally created in World War II while the U.S. was researching for rubber substitutes. And the credit to whoever invented Silly Putty is still disputed. And its uses are so endless. I feel like I've seen a commercial of people using, like, Silly Putty to, like, clean up stuff like it picks up dust or something oh it's so weird i I don't know if you've seen that have you seen that yeah i've seen that i feel like that would be like a good idea or like i mean it does pick up the stuff but then i'm like does it stay sticky Mm -hmm. like after a while then you're gonna have like stuff in it like how do you clean that out after that's true you you probably just have to buy another silly putty (laughs) (laughs) i guess but you know as a toy it was inducted into the national toy hall of fame in 2001 so it was a pretty iconic toy before it's silly putty though, we gotta remember the OG craft toy Play-Doh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can still smell that freshly opened Play-Doh smell. I re- remember though being so careful not to mix the colors together when playing. Like I would get so annoyed when the colors would like mix. That's so true. And like I never understood how the people in the commercial, like kids, like they would make all these random creations. And I'm like, doesn't the colors mix when you do that? That's what I mean. <laughs> and then, like, you can't play with it. Well, I mean, I guess you could play with it, but I, me being anal, I'm like, all the colors are mixed together. <laughs> what do I do now, right? <laughs> <laughs> but Play-Doh was so much fun. I don't know if you remember this, but it was just so satisfying to watch the Play-Doh, the barber and salon set. You yeah. know when the kid in the commercial would put, like, the Play-Doh in the thing? I don't know, like, the person, and then squeeze mm-hmm. the hair out? It was so satisfying to watch. Yeah, all of the commercials were so good. My favorite ones were the ice cream parlor mm-hmm. like do you remember I, those ones? i remember that one and i remember being like dan that looks good enough to eat but like don't eat the play-doh kids remember they would like exaggerate the warning for that because like it looked like actual desserts and then kids are like "Ooh, this looks great but it's like don't eat the play-doh like it's, it's not actually food you have to like remind kids like crazy <laughs> i wonder if anyone like like what happens if you eat it i, I have no idea is it really that toxic? I don't think so. I, I mean, I've made Play-Doh before. It's literally just like flour, salt. Yeah, that's and... what I mean. Like, it's not, it can't be too yeah. much. It's probably like the color in it or something is not good for you to eat. I don't know. I think it just, it tastes disgusting too. Yeah. So like, don't eat the Play-Doh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what was also satisfying as a kid was Magna Doodle and Etch-A-Sketch. Every kid had one of those because it wasn't messy and wasteful as like, you know, writing or drawing with regular markers and paper. Mm-hmm, for sure. The Magna Doodle was another toy that I would color the entire screen and then slowly erase it. Oh, I've done that too. It's so satisfying. <laughs> 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 These are 90s toys, though. We should probably remind people that they're originally released in the 60s and 70s, but you know, look how timeless it is. You know, it lasts till today mm-hmm. because it's just so simple and useful. See, killing the game, I'm telling you. Most of the toys we list, probably we remember playing with them when we were older. But the biggest craze when we were babies was Tickle Me Elmo. So bad of a craze that employees got trampled over when it came out. Because North America has been gripped by Tickle Me Elmo hysteria. Just ask them in Fredericton, where 48 of the bug-eyed beasts were put on sale at a local Walmart. And one of the clerks was sent to hospital after being trampled in the frenzy. Somebody in the crowd yelled, there's the Elmos, and they rushed us. Damn, that reminds me of the scene in in the movie uh, Jingle All the Way. Have you ever watched that one? With uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I vaguely remember this. Okay. Yeah, where he, like, dresses up as Turbo Man eventually. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember that. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, So, like, there's that scene where, like, they each have a, 
um, a bouncy ball, and then they, like, charge into the store mm-hmm. and, like, trample all the workers. <laughs> like, it must be so hectic for people who work in retail around Christmas time. It is, for sure. Anytime there's, like, a new toy release and there's, like, a, like everyone's going crazy over it and it's, like, trendy. But I personally found Elmo, though, in robotic doll form, freaky. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it or experienced this yourself. Did you have an Elmo? I didn't have an Elmo. I... I did have two of his friends, though, the Cookie Monster and Big Bird. Both of them would pretty much do the same thing. Like, they would vibrate and they would have their own, like, sayings. Oh, my God. But, like, when Elmo vibrates and shakes and speaks, it's so weird. Like, it looks like he's being electrocuted. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. I'm not an Elmo hater, okay? Like, I love Elmo on Sesame Street. And, you know, when he's singing with Dorothy the Goldfish, I'm not an Elmo hater. So no one come after me for that, okay? (laughs) (laughs) He is cute. He's just not cute in real life. Life, Exactly. (laughs) But, you know, another creepy toy from the 90s is Furby. Did you have a Furby? Okay. I did not have a Furby. But, like, after watching the Gremlins movie, I was convinced that that's what Furbies were. And so I was scared of them. And I'm like, <laughs> hell no. <laughs> I, I kind of prefer Furbies because they, they remind me of the Gremlins. Like, Why? you know when they're not. But, like, the, when they're not weird and the monster form, they're so cute, aren't they, in the movie? Uh, they are cute. But then that things can, like... Yeah, they're, like, fuzzy. Like, rip off your Yeah, face. they become crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like having, like, a little pet monster, but, like, it's more cute than freaky. And it's so cute when they speak their own language called like, Furbish. Clearly, we have the opposite views on Furbies. <laughs> <laughs> but um, wasn't Furby sued by Warner Brothers for that? Like, I think they had to redesign Furbies with smaller ears and stuff like that. Oh, I didn't know that. I always thought that they were based off of each other, like you said. <laughs> but besides that, I remember reading all these, like, security problems with Furby. Like, it was banned in the U.S. by base, and then someone started some Furby hack challenge. They would pay, like, wow. anyone to hack Furby to say like weird things because it happened to Talking Barney I don't know if you remember this but someone like hacked it to say swear words see they're bad news but like is it bad that I kind of think that's a little funny though like <laughs> <laughs> imagine like gifting that to your kid like hacking it and like giving it <laughs> and then all of a sudden your kid's just running around swearing <laughs> I would probably laugh and then be like where did you hear that be like Barney said it <laughs> Barney so speak good influence on us. <laughs> like, how do you punish them? <laughs> exactly. It's not, their, it's not really their fault. But, you know, I think we've established the talking toys are not for us. <laughs> you were, Pretty you said, you said you were more into, like, dolls and stuff, like Polly Pocket. We didn't get to talk about that. So, I remember only, I never had a Polly Pocket, but I remember going on the website to play the games because those are really fun. Yeah, so, like, the OGs look different, though, I think, from the ones that were on the website um but they were all of my Polly mm-hmm. pockets originally were my sisters but eventually she like grew out of them so i inherited them mm-hmm. and basically for those of you who don't know what Polly pockets are they're like these plastic cases that open up to form like a mini doll house so the one of the ones that i had was like the 1993 ski lodge and it had like a little bed a little place to sit by the fire um a little table and of course Polly herself and like just like how they're named like you could literally fit each toy like in your pocket not really the ski lodge one because it was a little bit bigger but usually they were like the size of like your palm Mm -hmm. and stuff and so like polly herself was like the size of like the the size of like a child's pinky and yeah and so it was honestly like the most simplest toy but i remember spending hours playing with those things it's kind of like a like on the go Barbie, I guess. Like it's mini enough to like have it anywhere you want to go and play with it. Yeah, kind of. Just like a very, very tiny version of Barbie. 
But, you know, I'm starting to feel like the toys that we talked about from the 90s have kept us indoors. But what about, like, Nerf Super Soaker guns? Like, weren't they a big outdoors thing? Oh, yeah. Super Soakers was a really cool invention. I, I read about it, and it's it's created by um, an Air Force and NASA engineer back in 1989. And apparently Hasbro said that their sales are reaching, like, $1 billion now. So the guy living the life with the royalties on this invention. Dang, he got that cash flow. <laughs> Definitely. Gabby, I have to ask, though. Yes. Based on the toys you talk about, since you're more familiar with these than I am, which top three toys would you want to bring back today, and why would you bring them back? Um, give me that Barbie dream house, because it still hurts that I, I never had one. <laughs> okay. Top. That's my very, mm-hmm. very, very first one. And then? Um, I'd say, like, let's bring back the Pogs. Like, Pokemon cards are still a thing. Why not collect these things <laughs> again? That's, that's true. There's a lot of, like, shows that could be putting on these Pogs. People want to collect it. Like, you could put bands on them. Like exactly. band musicians, like actually, I would honestly, I'm, I'm catching on to it. I I wouldn't call it. I, I'm liking it. <laughs> exactly. And like, are you afraid of the dark is coming back? So you can put all of those on there too. That's true. A lot of things are are making a comeback. So they could bring Pogs mm-hmm. back too. Exactly. And and what about your last one? I guess from my, it's kind of hard to choose because a lot of these toys are still thriving today. Um. So maybe I'll just say, like, Clue, like, so that I can buy the Harry Potter version of it. <laughs> okay, those those are pretty good choices. I'm going to be real, though. My favorite toys are most likely from the 2000s. Mm-hmm. But Tamagotchi is one thing I wouldn't mind bringing back in style. Like, I still have my mine in my drawer, and I kind of want to take it out with me to places, but I feel like I'll look like a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> and my kids are looking at me like, what the heck is that thing that she has? Is that, like, a pager? Is it so ancient? <laughs> I mean, let's be real. These kids won't even know what a pager is. That's true. They wouldn't know what a pager is. So, like, I don't know what they would think that is. Like, a watch? Like, some ancient watch? I don't know. <laughs> but other than Tamagotchi, honestly, we need to bring back the appeal of classic board games. Like, you said Clue or Guess Who. Uh-huh. Let's put the phone downs for once and play. I got to start a trend on that. I think we should start a hashtag. Bring back game board appeal. <laughs> I agree. Guess Who was one of my favorites. So, I'll jump on that hashtag with you. For sure. And going through the 90s and 2000s decades and the toys they birthed makes me wonder what toys the future will come up with. Yeah, it's probably going to be some sort of robot, I'm guessing, with all this technology. Probably. Like, I feel like there was a robot each year. Like in the 90s, there was a robot that came out. I don't. We didn't really touch much on it. But in the 2000s, there was a robot that came out. Maybe there'll be something AI-related, artificial intelligence, virtual reality. Who knows? I was going to say, all the robots are just going to take over. <laughs> yeah, there won't be kids. Kids are going to be ruled by robots <laughs> but until then <laughs> thank you for dialing in to the flip phone podcast we want to know flip phoneers what is your favorite toy from the 90s send us your thoughts on facebook twitter instagram just look up the flip phone podcast and for the next episode we are getting back to chatting about weird trends of our childhood tv shows from the 2000s that left us obsessed with monsters like monster by mistake and seven little monsters you remember in little uh seven little monsters the like the old lady and her rutabaga pudding song oh my gosh yes. <laughs> that was a jam i, I think i like anytime i'd watch a show i start singing that <laughs> and remember you can listen and re-listen to us on many platforms like soundcloud spotify and apple podcasts please subscribe to those if you haven't already so you can dial in every friday until next time flip owners bye-bye bye, bye.